Welcome to the Digital Recruiter Podcast, the podcast where we share all the ins and outs of what's working in the industry, what doesn't work, uh, and what's working in the digital landscape. I'm your host, Clark Wilcox, founder of the Digital Recruiter. And today we have a Digital Recruiter client, the wonderful Miss Rachel Brown. She is a franchise recruiting partner at i4Search. Uh, Rachel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. This can be a, an awesome conversation and excited to kind of learn more for everyone to kind of learn more about you and your work as you are new to the recruiting scene and I think taking it by storm for those that know you. Um, and I've worked with and uh, talked to a lot of recruiters and you are, Rachel is one of the best and, uh, and a, uh, an amazing up and comer. So excited to kind of learn more about your journey. And I guess Rachel will start. How'd you get started in recruiting? Yeah, I mean, little backstory. I was a PT for almost 10 years and looking to get into the non-clinical world and um, kind of felt like recruiting would be something that I would be interested in and started, you know, doing what most candidates do, right? You shotgun your resume everywhere and cross your fingers and hope it goes well. And I heard a lot of crickets. Um yeah got told no many times, got told that I did not have the experience that they were looking for. Um, I kind of felt like I had something to bring to the table being a clinician, but just kept hearing no and no over again. And that's when I, you know, sent over an application to i4 search group about being a, like an in-house recruiter for them. And they approached me about, you know, being a franchise partner, owner. Honestly, the first conversation I had, I was like, nope, this isn't what I inquired about. I don't think it's for me. But then the more and more that we had conversations, it, you know, I was like, okay, this, I'm warming up to the idea now. It's, uh, yeah, everyone kind of just falls into recruiting, right? That's kind of what seems to be the story that you don't major in it in college. No. <laughs> um, I, know I got someone called me up too about uh, an agency about being a recruiter. I had no idea what was going on. The first conversation, it took me a little bit to kind of warm, warm up to the idea. And then now we're stuck. Uh, so, mm-hmm. which is, which is, which is good. So coming from physical therapy, being a PT, and now you're focused on a healthcare placing PTs, What's been like, what impact has that had from like, being in the world and now you're recruiting PTs, kind of finding the different roles? Like, what's that experience been like? I feel like it gives me a big leg up for a couple of yeah. different reasons. I feel like I'm able to relate to candidates and understand, you know, I once was one, I got hit up by recruiters. I have ghosted my fair share of recruiters too. Like, I get it. So, that's been nice to be able to, you know, relate to them, to understand some of the things that they're looking for, to understand why this job, not that job. Um, I also think it helps for some of those same reasons, like from the client perspective of, hey, I, I know who to reach out to. I know the type of person that you're looking for. Um, I also can relate to them and speak their language. And I'm not just, you know, shooting a text or an email off saying that I have, you know, this job. I'm able to speak about the company in a different way that 
somebody who's not a rec- or so- somebody who's not a PT or not in healthcare can communicate that. Absolutely. What would you say to the recruiters that you know reached out to you that didn't have that background that you could tell? Like, what advice would you give those recruiters? Like, they maybe they want to get into healthcare, maybe they haven't been in it, but like you know they're good recruiters are good with people. Like, what's the best approach to take with a PT? That's you know, and so they can kind of, you know, not dismiss you, if you will. I think if you're a recruiter looking to get into any industry, the biggest thing that I would say is do your research and understand the landscape in which you're recruiting. Because the thing as a candidate that's very off-putting is when you're approached by a recruiter for a completely inappropriate position. And so like when that's your first impression, it just kind of goes downhill from there. It's hard to recover those conversations. Um, You know, and so you're as a candidate looking at this person going like, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. So you just kind of dismiss them and you don't even want, sometimes you don't even want to respond because it's so far fetched and you're so either not qualified or it's a completely irrelevant, like asking a PT about like a nursing job, you know? So you just... Mm -hmm understanding the landscape in which you're recruiting is a huge help for both the client side and the candidate side. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I get hit up all the time. If I want to be an engineering job, I got an email today asking if I was interested in the RN opening. So I understand if anyone hires me as an RN, you fail. (laughs) So I I completely, I get it. I mean, we're all, I think getting those messages, email, text messages, LinkedIn. I mean, we're just getting those constantly. So you're right. Like doing your research and making sure you're approaching the right people for the right, you know, for the relevant reasons, right. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Um, what, so you've been, you started last March, right? March, 2022. February. But yeah. February, February okay. March. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. So <laughs> what's been like maybe the most difficult thing? about getting into recruiting, building out your own agency that you weren't expecting? Um, as a PT, they don't yeah. really go over sales stuff. So yeah. I was totally green in the sales world. I joke that I had some sales experience or recruiting experience when you know, you're trying to get your patients to do their exercises. Like that takes some coaxing. It takes... Mm-hmm some selling for you to convince them to keep coming back to the clinic or to keep attending PT, but like, that's about it. And so I, I think too, I felt like I needed to develop this like salesy approach. So it was like, I identified I didn't have it. And I thought that I needed it to be successful. And that was a little bit of a, I, you know, gave me a little bit of pause of like, am I going to be good at this? It's, it's hard, right? If you kind of take the whole, like, sell me this pen approach, right? Like the Wolf of Wall Street, because kind of, I think what we think sales is a lot of the times, or, you know, you use car salesmen, right? It's so talked about, but it's just, it's different, especially in recruiting when, for, you know, lack of better way to say this, the product is people, Right. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to make the right match. It's a whole kind of different 
it's a different approach. And I think that's what people that are newer kind of don't realize until they start getting the reps. It's like, wow, there's a lot of nuance here, right? To there's people that have worked with agencies or people that haven't had that have bad experience, good experience. Like you don't know what you're getting when you approach someone. So it's like, I can't script doesn't work in mm -hmm. recruiting and sales because the managers have maybe so many different experiences working with agency recruiters and come at it from so many different angles. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's interesting. What did you find that started clicking and started to work for you? I think I, at first when I felt like I needed to be super salesy or started to mm -hmm. do things a certain way and I felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere or I felt like I was kind of banging my head against the wall. I just tried to pivot very quickly from that and yeah. just kind of said to myself, like, just if I'm just going to throw the sales stuff out of the, you know, out the window, I'm just going to try to have conversations with these people like I would if they were right next to me. And that's when I felt like, okay, that's sticking. And then two, I think, you know, at first you're so excited. You're so eager to get your first placements. You're eager to get the ball rolling. And sometimes you're just trying to shove a square peg in a round hole and yeah. not intentionally doing it, but you're doing it. And so that was yeah. one of the biggest things early on that I just said, okay, if this person, if this person doesn't want this job, not the end of the world. And I've kept that mentality of, I, at the end of the day, like we are helping people with major life decisions, right? Like they say, yeah. getting a job is one of the biggest, you know, life decisions that you can make. And so I think for me, when I just started to like put something in front of somebody and learn to walk away and, you know, you tell me if you're interested, I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to like, this is, this is a big decision for you and identify that. I think a lot of people let their guard down and they're able to communicate better with you. And even if it's telling you, no, I'm not interested, that's fine. I would rather that than like be ghosted. And so I think, you know, changing my communication in a way to like give people outs, let them know, hey, I'm identifying and I understand that this is a big decision. And I, I wouldn't take that lightly either. I think that that's like from a candidate perspective, when I started to see um, a lot more relationships form than just have it be super transactional. It's, it's like perfectly said in terms of like the approach, like being outcome independent on the candidate, like this isn't the job you're taking. This is a the job they're taking. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the square peg round hole, it's, it's a really apt analogy. I know it's, it's kind of really thrown around a lot in recruiting for good reason, because it happens a lot and it's easy trap to fall into. Uh, that's the biggest shift. I remember when I was recruiting and I had a great manager that taught me, really coached me on that, like pulling the job away, like letting them know it's okay not to be interested. Like let them know like, Hey, if anything comes up, reach out to me at any time. Like the biggest thing, you know, that I cared about was just the communication and the transparency and the timeliness of all that. You know, they weren't going to offend me if they didn't want the job, but let's get, let's be on the same page. Right? And mm -hmm. once you do that, I think that's what it seemed, sound like what it turned the corner for you. Then, then it opens the door with the relationship with the candidates. And then, you know, and then how did that affect 
when that started to click, how did that affect kind of like some of your client interactions and client relationships? Yeah, I think that it helps you build a little bit of momentum, right? And then it yeah. also helps in some of those business development calls to be able to better speak about what's going on in the market and about what you're seeing that candidates want or what's important to candidates and being able to communicate that to clients. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, seeing that shift, I definitely, that was helpful in some of those conversations, um, when I started to really like value that, but then also, you know, when it came to business development, just truly being like with potential clients, being transparent about, Hey, I can help you or, Hey, you, I might not be the right fit for you right now because of X, Y, or Z or, you know, being able to speak about what you're seeing and what to expect and just setting those expectations early on. And that helps build so much trust. I mean, it's the same thing with candidates, right? Um, just, I think the transparency piece has really helped and it sounds so simple. And so, um, I don't know, elementary, but again, I think when you're kind of new into this world, you feel like you just have to sell and, I have found kind of the opposite. You don't really have to, you just have to, you know, communicate well with others. That's it. And I, I see that not only people new to recruiting, but just that have been recruiters for 10 years that are new to selling or finally starting to get their own business. Like making that shift is a little different because, and what I always tell them is like, look, recruiting and talking to candidates, like you're pitching them a free service, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no charge. It's, it's not really a cold call. It's like, Hey, are you looking for a job with a client? It's like, Hey, do you need help? And you know, in exchange, like, no, I'm going to need 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. Right. It's just a different conversation. So you, it's even more pertinent to not sell, but to just ask the right questions, listen, right. Have the right game plan on even who you're talking to, right. To have a game plan uh, mm -hmm. and not just spray and pray. And once you kind of, I think that's where you honed in on your niche so you were talking to people you could already talk shop with. And I think that's when you got to like realize like, oh, I can be myself and use my knowledge and just have a conversation with them. And that opens it right up. And it makes you stand apart from a lot of the other recruiters. It sounds like that they were already working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the feedback that I got from those clients as well, we tried working with other agencies or other recruiters and we weren't getting qualified candidates or we would go through the whole process of, you know, figuring out fees and then we would get ghosted. And so, you know, that like hearing some of those problems right off the bat, I mean, there are some times right where searches are difficult, but I, that's one of the things that listening to their pain points too, it's like, it, it's still really this focused on communication. And that's what a lot of people value is that honesty and transparency. Yeah. And you put that with, together with speed and like being able to connect the candidates, present the right ones quickly. I mean, that's, that's the formula right there. And mm -hmm. it's, I think it is amazing talking to you, working with you, like hearing some of the time to fill that you have compared to what they were expecting, they were used to expecting before. Like that's been really cool to kind of see, like you get to kind of amaze each new client that comes, comes, comes to you. And they're like, wow, this is a completely different experience because like you just, you're intentional. I think about everything. I think that's like one of the things I'm always trying to stress to recruiters. Like let's have an intentional game plan going into this versus just kind of being sporadic and all over the place. 
right? And your response is going to be, it's going to be so much greater from your clients and prospects. They're like, oh, this recruiter is like, is in charge, right? They have their boundaries, they have their process. Like if we work with them into their process, we're going to get the people we need, right? And it's, it takes a little work to get there and to build a confidence in it, but mm-hmm. it's so worth it, right? For those long-term relationships and and to kind of go in when the, it, the going gets a little bit tough because you're going to have those dicey situations that come up in recruiting, it's inevitable. So, and I think you've definitely had a few of those that, that you've mentioned that just you can't help, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah. how helpful is that to have the relationship to mitigate some of those issues, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what you fall back on in those scenarios. And, you know, people understand that like some of these things, like you can't even try to make up that happen and there's yeah. nothing that you can do about it. And I think, you know, they know that yeah. you have their best interest at heart. You're trying they understand that when something happens, they don't necessarily go right to pinning it on you versus they just understand, okay, this is a one-off and we can move forward. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into something I know you were <laughs> excited to share with us and even surprised me with this story. So I asked Rachel before, like, you know, maybe come up with the craziest story that you could share on here you know, candidate or client story. So, and you said you got a doozy, so I'm excited. What do you got for us? <laughs> yeah. So I reached out to a candidate last summer for a position. I will not disclose any more details about, <laughs> you know, the rest of that, but, you know, I just sent a very like harmless, you know, message about it. And I don't even think that I was super specific about like the exact location and the exact client. So it's kind of wild that this person picked up, you know, on some of the details, but the response that I got back was, and I quote, I'd rather get kicked in the testicles by a horse than work for X hospital. Again, $20,000 sign on contact me when it's 2 million. There's a small chance I'd consider it then. That's, that's beautiful. Isn't it? I love that. Oh, that's so great. That's, yeah. uh, I mean, and at this point I was like six months in. And so this is the first like big, you know, you've gotten the like, no, but this is the first like, oh, heck no. And let me tell you how, no, this is not going to work for me. Although I will give it to them. Like there's still that like kernel of chance in there you know he's basically saying like absolutely not but if that you know changes getting kicked is two million dollars worth of my time maybe maybe i mean that's it's an interesting deal right you could send the uh, dumb and dumber gift back right like so you're saying there's a chance like i was very close i you have no idea how much i wanted to respond that way took every literally everything i had to just like Okay, putting that back down. Yeah, or you could probably go back in the inbox and and, and reply to that. So there's still time. We'll share the screenshot. But that's that's amazing. It's uh, and it's crazy how people do pick up on that, right? And it also goes. That's an interesting point. And there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Is like how hot? Like I think companies in general, especially in healthcare, ruin their brand by outsourcing these jobs to so many people that then are reaching out to all these candidates in all many different ways, right? Like talk mm-hmm. about that and the impact that, you know, I know that's had in your industry. 
Yeah. I mean, I've talked to candidates too that, I mean, I had it the other day. I talked to somebody about a job, said that I was going to submit them. He literally asked me questions about the job that he had no idea about the job. Like he, the questions he asked, I could tell you've never, you know, nothing about this. So then I go last night to submit him through this portal and the portal's linked to that applicant tracking system for that organization. And I keep getting something back that says this person's been submitted. And I'm like, did, did it just not go through the first time? Like did it? And I didn't think it did. And I kept, and so I texted him this morning and I was like, Hey, and the funny part is, is when you submit people, you have to check. I have spoken to this candidate about this job. I acknowledge that they understand. And he was like, oh, well, I don't know. It might be then I might be the same job. Like he still didn't even, he knew, he still knew nothing about it. And so that's kind of some of the stuff that we run into that, you know, people are just seeing a resume and just flinging it at companies. We also see the situation where you have you know, all of these agencies working on these same positions, these candidates are then hearing a bunch of different stories. And unfortunately, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And that organization is having so many people dilute, like what their organization is about. And then also to like piggyback that from a candidate perspective, if I've had five people reach out to me about the same job, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they really can't fill this. There's something wrong with the organization. Why do they need this much help filling this job? And so I think while agent or while organizations think like, okay, if I can double up on agencies and really like get the word out and more is better. I I think they aren't necessarily thinking of like how that's coming across to the candidate and the people on the other end. Yeah. It's, these are really interesting like angles that I don't think I've talked about as much in general in recruiting. I think recruiters, we talk about it a lot, but we don't share it a lot of times with clients, potential clients and just hiring managers. They have no idea the impact and the trickle down effect because candidates aren't going to tell the people at the hospital this stuff, or they're not going to mm-hmm. have the different conversations that you have to be able to piece this all together, uh, which makes it, like really valuable when they come across, you know, comes across someone like you, a recruiter like you, that can help kind of like kind of stop the bleeding there, right? You know, no, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> but it's it's just like, hey, like let's like reframe this and like let's stop this kind of the chaotic like mad scramble applications and sign on mm-hmm. bonuses and uh, and like let's just like do this the right way, present you guys in a good light, like let's get the right people in here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so. On that end, talk to us about it, like kind of when it's worked really well, right? Like an awesome client story when I think you've just like, when you guys have just like knocked out the process, you know, the the way you want it to. Yeah. I'm thinking about a particular client. Um, Things just run smoothly. We're both communicative with each other. We, there's quick follow-up from, you know, many layers of the organization, whether it's the internal recruiters, HR, the CEO, um, that's always very helpful. They act on candidates quickly. If it's something that they're looking for, they move fast. 
They prioritize like trying to get interviewed quickly, the, you know, the whole process, not just the initial outreach. And then, oh, it's, we don't have time to interview this person for two weeks. You know, they know that people are moving fast these days. And so they, they have, you know, whether it's this person or that person, they're going to find somebody to get an interview done. And I think too, there's a lot of transparency there. If there's stuff that I'm seeing in the market, you know, I've had to go back and give them a feedback. And there's times when I've gone to them and said, like, how are things going on your end? Are you happy with what's being sent over to you? Is there anything that we're missing? Is there anything that you need to see moving forward? And I think just that open door of communication is one of the things that makes it so smooth. But also, you know, I'm able to communicate with candidates that I'm talking to. Hey, I have a great relationship with these people. Everybody that I've spoken to and dealt with in the organization is wonderful. I'm not saying that like that's going to be somebody else's exact, but I'm letting them know, hey, this is my experience. Um, I'm very careful too to not like oversell a position, right? And so I don't want to tell somebody this is the greatest place to work when I've never worked there. So all I can really do is just explain to them, hey, these are, you know, these people I've had a wonderful experience with and you can take that for whatever weight you want. But, um, you know, that's a particular client right now that they've been awesome. And that's, that's all you can do is just explain that, right? Like, I mean, that's, you know, having that transparency, being willing to reach back out to a client, being proactive. I mean, it's amazing the amount of times I remember at Aerotech and even after, like people are scared to reach out to their clients, right? They just like don't want to reach out because like, well, what if I lose something or lose business or they don't want to work with me? It's like, it's so fear-based, but I'm like, that's mm -hmm. like, you're going to lose it at some point. Like if that's how you're thinking about it, like you don't, that's not a good client. It's probably transactional. Like, you know, you got to be able to reach out and be proactive and give that feedback. It's just so hopeful. And once you do it, and I think sometimes people just need the right wording and all that, mm -hmm. like, how do I approach certain situations, right? Which I think you and I have talked a lot about the last mm -hmm. few months. Like there is that component where that is important. Like if you haven't been trained on how to have some of those tougher questions and tougher conversations, like there's a learning curve there. But when you get there, I mean, it's amazing. I think it does resonate with candidates. Like, hey, I've had a great experience in you know, that authenticity, I'm sure resonates with the candidates. Mm -hmm. Like you're not forcing the job on them. You're not saying, hey, this is going to be an exact experience. But like, this is, I've talked to a lot of hospitals, a lot of clinics, like this is a good one, right? Mm -hmm. I think mean, people, that's invaluable, right? For for candidates and clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely mm -hmm. is. I think too, whenever you just let people know, hey, I'm not, whenever you can show them, like I'm being honest with you. I'm not trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. I'm just yeah. telling you about my experiences. I think, you know, cause a lot of the time, unfortunately, I think with recruiters, you know, you get reached out to and everybody's like, this is the, you know, you hear, this is the best place to work, but there is no, how are they going to know necessarily? They're just trying to make it look flashy for somebody to grab a hold of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I know, well, there's one question I want to ask it is because you brought it up in the program a couple months ago. Now, Christina Reddit, our director of tech and operations at Digital Recruiter, 
she loved it. It's a book I read before, but mm-hmm. give us the book recommendation that you have. Cause I know what it is um, yep. for recruiters listening in terms of like sales and everything else that I know that I know you loved and helped you. Yeah. So I can't take full credit for this. My husband is the one who recommended it to me yeah. and it's called never split the difference. He recommended it to me. He bought it for me like when I first started. And to be honest, you know, it's been 18 months and I still haven't finished the book. It's just, it's so dense. And honestly, I read five pages and I'm like, oh, okay. I have to like take notes and think about how I'm going to implement it. I mean, there's so many nuggets in there, but it truly talks about just the art of negotiating and it doesn't have to be business related. I think he even says in the book, like, do you have a child? You're going to negotiate. Like it's, yeah. it's everywhere. You're not going to get out, you know, you're not going to get away from it. And so that's been, that has honestly made one of the biggest like differences for me um, with clients and with potential business development calls and learning that like getting on the same page, not shoving your views or your wants at somebody, you know, even though you might not be trying to, it might be coming off in that manner. I think there's just so many good points of that book. And I think it's a book too, that like you can read multiple times. I mean, I know my husband has listened to it multiple times and that would be, yes, my like hands down book recommendation. Yeah. I think it's by Chris Voss. Never split the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Yep. I think I saw him like with a master class and everything else. Yeah. It was pretty, mm-hmm. it's a really helpful book, like good, good frameworks in there. Um, so let's talk to us about what inspired you to reach out to me and start working with a digital recruiter. Yeah, I know we touched base early on, um, mm-hmm. I, probably around this time last year. That yeah. was in my like feeling like I was banging my head against the wall phase a little bit yeah. and just feeling like I was trying things, but uh, some things weren't sticking. And some of it had to do with like my greenness in the recruiting business and not really knowing like, is this normal? Are these things that I'm encountering like am I doing something wrong? Is this just is what it is? And this is how the industry is. And so we had had that conversation. I kind of like stored that in the back of my mind and fast forward to, you know, the springtime this year, I just felt like I was in a position where I wanted to learn more. I wanted to dive deep. I wanted to become more efficient. I finally felt like some things were clicking, but I, also felt like I wasn't really tapping into LinkedIn and using LinkedIn to my like p- potential or advantage. felt like I, there were a few things that I kind of stumbled upon figuring out like posting content and um, I'd seen some benefits from it. And it was kind of a, a glimpse into like, well, I think this could work. And so I reached out to you knowing that if you weren't going to be the right fit, you'd probably be able to like put me in a direction of who I needed to go to. Um, So I was kind of looking for just like a coach, but also somebody to help on the LinkedIn side with certain things. And, you know, I mean, I've gotten obviously so much more than that from the program, but that was, you know, some of the high points that I was looking for at that point in time. 
Yeah, I I remember, yeah, we spoke like, yeah, last, right around, yeah, about a year ago. And you were, I think, started to do some outreach and some tools and some content. And I was like, just keep going, like get more reps. Because I was like, mm -hmm. I, once you get more reps, like you'll really know, I think you'll get a lot more out of working together because mm -hmm. you were willing to do put in the rest and try things on your own. And sometimes you just have to have that feeling out process. Like I've worked with people from the jump, like from when they're building out their agency and they need a little bit more guidance, but I think you're like, you had a little bit more momentum and like, I was like, just get some reps and like, we'll talk in due time. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I joke about. I was like, I don't think I even pitched you anything on that first call. You didn't. Right? You basically like, told me about. like, yeah. yeah, you basically told me like, no, there's nothing right now. Like, yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I remember kind of leaving, be like, and I felt kind of like, okay, I, I guess that's what I'll do. And I guess <laughs> we'll just go from there. Yeah. So yeah, you did not pitch anything. And that's probably yeah. part of the reason why going back to you, I knew that like, you wouldn't try if you, if your program wasn't what I was looking for, you, you weren't going to sit here and like sell it to me and pretend that it was going to be a good fit. So that was part of the right. reason too. I felt comfortable to reach back out knowing that you would guide me in whatever direction I needed to go. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, I, I think it all, it all worked out in, in due time. So uh, yeah, I mean, how, I guess, how has the recruiter helped, right? Like what, what impact has it had on you? It's helped immensely and it's helped in a lot of different areas that I don't even think I realized that it would. I went into it, like I said, looking for help on like LinkedIn content and outreach. Um, I went in thinking like, okay, there's different people from different industries in this program that have definitely been doing this longer than I have. So I'm sure I will benefit from them as well, just by like pure, you know, soaking in everything. But I think too, like there's a few highlights that have been very helpful. Um, one of them has been just feedback. Sometimes you don't know what you're doing. You're like, I don't think, I don't know if it's working. It might not be, it might yeah. be, you know, so sometimes getting somebody else's perspective on it is extremely helpful. Or if something's not working, you guys were able to quickly say like, this is why this isn't working and you should try to do it this way. So the feedback piece has been huge. Um, you know, the one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions have been extremely, extremely helpful, but then also the calls, like I've gotten so much out of, and I, you know, have tried to be on just about every single call. Yeah. And I just, I've soaked up a lot. There have been calls that I've gotten on and thought like, I don't really know if I'm going to get much out of this today. And then somebody talks about something that's been going on in their world and you know, it, you can relate to it. So you get stuff that way. But then also, you know, the content calls with Ross too have been super helpful. There's things that I like content wise had in my mind, but just maybe couldn't figure out how to put on paper. And so I've noticed a big shift um, in my LinkedIn, like business development too, since I've been, you know, doing the course. Yeah, what because you've mentioned that well, like with content and it used a great line a few weeks ago, right? It's like, I'm scared to make a post because I'm going to get like a, a sales call or business development lead. Right. Is that, wasn't that it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been very lucky that a lot of the business development 
has come to me. I still to this day have not run a business development campaign at all. All of my campaigns have been candidate facing. And so every agreement that I have signed has come from no joke, I post something and then somebody messages me about a question or I reach out to a candidate about a position who happens to be also in a leadership role. And they're like, hey, we're hiring. I think you can, can you help us? I think you can. And so that's how all of my agreements and clients have come lately has been just from that. So, you know, every time I post, and especially, you know, Ross and I were talking about this this morning, if I post a post about business development or about clients, like you get clients reaching out. If you post about candidates, like a candidate perspective post, whether it's about resumes, whether it's about um, job searching and certain things, like it's the candidates that then kind of flood in. So. It's and I think a lot of recruiters, the candidate stuff comes more naturally. They have a really struggle figuring out how to talk about business development and sales and how to talk to hiring managers and be relevant and get their interest. And you just have to stay consistent, right? I think you were posting before and then it got really dialed in on how to post to hiring managers. And that's been really cool to see your content evolve. I mean, you come up with some great headlines and the whole post, it's easy to read. And it makes sense why managers would reach out because you you like you're in their head in a sense with the content. <laughs> I think that's what we try to go for with what we're teaching mm-hmm. every recruiter. Like, let's figure out your ICP, your ideal client profile. Let's talk about your hiring managers. Like, let's get in their head with this content. And like, that's what drives right the the conversion. It's not just talking about yourself or posting random memes and all that. And that can be good for engagement, but like what are they really struggling with? And like, how do we write about that in an entertaining way? And I think you've definitely picked up on that and are mastering the art uh, and the results show, right? Like you, you get momentum and that's the other piece that I'm hearing there is reaching out to candidates. Candidates can be your best leads at times. And I think mm-hmm. people that are newer to sales don't understand kind of the symbiotic relationship between candidates and clients. You know, the perfect example is people asking about recruiter, like the expensive recruiter seat, like, well, can I do that? Or can I source with Sales Navigator? I'm like, sourcing is the same no matter what. It's the messaging that's different. The messaging mm-hmm. is what determines a sales, you know, a sales approach versus a candidate approach, right? So it's it, that right there kind of is revealing of how people think about this. It's like you can kind of separate it out, but it's all in your messaging and your content, right? Your sourcing can be the same, you know, can you know, a VP of sales could be a candidate or they could be a hiring manager. Right. But mm-hmm. like, it's like, what's the message? Right? And there are two different tones. Yeah. So. And I think to piggyback that too, a lot of people, you know, they want to do business development. They're so, they're so eager to, you know, try to reach out and get potential clients, but they oftentimes don't realize that the messaging that they have, it's not working. They just think like, okay, I'm, I tried this in this platform, in this way, I'm going to essentially do the same thing here. And they, they get surprised that there's, you know, not, they're not getting the results that they want. And that would be my, that was one of my biggest like takeaways too, is it's what you say absolutely matters and, you know, dissecting it with a fine tooth comb um, is very important. You, you only have that one chance to make a first impression. You can't go back on that. 
And so you can't keep reaching out to the same client and being like, oh, just kidding. Like I'm changing things up a little bit. You know, you've already, they already have kind of their opinion of you. And so it's so important to be able to nail down the messaging and then to carry that a step further, to be able to have conversations where, you know, you're not begging for recs. You're not begging, you know, because at the end of the day, it is our job to help make their life easier. Yep. Absolutely. And you've, I think you've, that's what we've talked a lot about too, right? It's prioritizing your rec board, prioritizing clients, and then communicating that to clients and prospects of like, you know, and with rates and feedback process and candidates being interested, you know, talk, talk to us about that. Like, what's that, like, what's that been like kind of learning how to kind of prioritize like your business and be able to communicate that with clients? Like what impact has that had? Well, it's funny. That was one of the first things early on that I did not understand. <laughs> and that's what was causing me to bang my head against the wall is I was trying to search for, you know, positions that were either in like these one-off areas, or I was working with clients that like weren't moving on candidates very quickly, or you see the big shiny fee and you think like, that's it. That's the one I'm going to go after. And you don't, I mean, you don't realize that what you're working on, you don't see the layers of it. You don't see that, like, do they hire people from us? Do they, do they communicate well with you? Do they have good expectations from the client perspective? Do they have a salary that's appropriate for the position? Um, there's just, there's so many different layers. And that was one thing early on that, you know, you, if you would have asked me a year ago, even a little bit further back, but it's like, which are your high, you know, priority jobs, I would have had a very different answer and a very different rationale behind that answer, which probably wasn't correct. Um, But as soon as, again, the feeling like I'm banging my head against the wall, feeling that I was going through and just kind of thinking about this in a way that like, okay, if I really dumb this down, I'm going to keep working with the people that like have things, have their ducks in a row. And I have no problem helping coach people along that path, but I'm not going to keep trying to present candidates to positions that are just going to end in like nothing essentially for so many different reasons. It, it's yeah. They get end in disaster, right? It's like the friend that goes back to their ex. You're like, what are we doing here? Like we got to move yeah. on already. Right. And there's a lot of that in recruiting. It's just like, it's easy. It's right there. It's the junk food approach. It's like, but it's a wreck. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it's not like it's, it's dead. Like the wreck is over. It's the pay mm-hmm. is low. Eight other agencies have worked on it. We got to be able to just move on and say no. And, just kind of figure out how to say that to people, right? It's kind of, that can be tough to tell hiring managers. And sometimes they're not used to it, right? But mm-hmm. they're never going to change otherwise. Like they might never change. You only hope that they could change if someone tells them the truth at least once. And then maybe they rethink it. And then, you know, you focus on, there's things to do to focus on getting better business versus working on stuff that's hopeless, right? That's never going to close. Um, and I think it depends yeah. too on the on the client, right? Like, if you try to have these conversations 
Like there might be a client that you start working with and you start to realize, okay, there's a disconnect here, or they think that this is going to work, but like what I've seen, it's not going to work. And so if you can communicate that with them and if you can tell them and make it about the candidate too, right? Because I think at the end of the day, like that's something that I've noticed that I feel like it's crazy, but it's forgotten about. Like there is a person at the other end of this. This is not a like a material transaction. This is somebody else who's interested in a job with your organization. And so that's been, you know, one of the best like ways to communicate because at the end of the day, it it's true. Like it, you really are dealing with people's lives and people's jobs and being able, I think, you know, people receive that information a little bit better versus just saying like, you're wrong because they might not think that they're wrong. This is how they've done things. But I, I mean, and even clients like that, not a problem, you know, working with people like that, that's, there's nothing, no issue there. It's the ones that are just, you know, where it can be frustrating and where from our perspective, it can quickly become a dead wreck is when they're just, you know, going to dig their heels in and just sit there like, you know, and not move. (laughs) That's when it becomes a dead wreck. Yeah. And I think you've done a great job of understanding like the consequences of them not finding certain roles. That's where your subject matter expertise, like, you know, the consequence of these roles not being filled for these clinics and hospitals. And that's what I tell every recruiter, like, what is the consequence of this role not being filled? Because that'll tell you if it'll actually close or not. Right. But Mm -hmm. if they don't know, or if it's a nice to have, like it could stay open for a year and a half, two years. And I've seen that with roles. And I've seen recruiters still work on those a year and a half later, or even worse, their boss puts them on that role, wonders why they're not filling it. And then what happens when the economy tightens up a little bit this year, they get let go. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, you put them on a role that was never going to close versus trying to go get actual other business elsewhere. So there's Mm -hmm. such a trickle down effect uh, to kind of allowing that. I think that's a testament to you to kind of like, hey, I want to figure out like, how do I establish these boundaries? with clients and prospects. Cause like that's going to create work that's exciting for you to work on and for your team to work on. And then everyone ends up feeling good, right? The candidate, the client and you, it's like, how do I create the win, 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 right? It takes work, especially on the front end. It's a lot of work, but it's so rewarding. I mean, didn't you just have like, we started working together. What March you had a record breaking month in July, right? Or you're on pace to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a year and a half in, not even. Right. And it's just like that build, that build. And I you were having success before, but it's like, that's where all that payoff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Is, and it's been, awesome. it's just been nice to see too, like there were certain months where maybe some pieces of the puzzle were falling together, but others weren't. And that's something mm-hmm. that's been really encouraging too, is like having a record breaking month, not just for, you know, filling, but having a record-breaking month for the number of candidates that are getting jobs and having a record-breaking month for the number of, you know, clients that I've signed, like I've signed. So it's cool to be able to feel like, okay, I know this doesn't always happen every single month, but like I, things are, you know, firing in the right way. And I have kind of figured out too, like how to dial something up, how to dial something back how to dig really deep for certain roles, um, you know, where people, they're, you know, when the client's coming back to you saying, hey, I really, really need somebody here. And, 
You're like, okay, I can kind of go to the next layer to find this person. Um, so that's been cool to see a lot of the pieces of the puzzle kind of finally fall in yeah. the right, you know, spot. And I think you have like a system and an understanding now too, that this is going to continue to snowball because you just have, you have more quality racks, right? It sounds like than you've ever had. And like, that's like, you can, there's a predictable system behind it. Like you're able to add the right team members. Like there's no reason for it to kind of, to stop, right? You've, you've mm -hmm. gone through the cycles, you know, the market, you know, they're always going to be hiring. It's like, and it's just that consistency, which is that's that's really the name of the game in recruiting. If you just stay in it with the right plan and you just stay with it, like it just builds on itself over time. Right? And then people follow back up, candidates turn to clients, people that weren't hiring a year ago might be hiring next year. And you're just adding mm -hmm. without having to work harder. It's just all mm -hmm. layering on top of each other. This is like when it gets really exciting, which is really cool to hear. Yeah. And I felt early on like, I just wasn't getting anywhere, but my husband kept reminding me, like, you're planting seeds. That's what you're doing. You're literally yeah. planting all of these seeds. They eventually will grow. Um, you have to look at what you've done in a quarter versus necessarily what you've done every week versus every month. Like, you have to be able to see a bigger picture here, you know, and it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I think that that's yeah. a common misconception is people just think that they just want the easy quick fix. And I don't think that they see all of the extra work that gets put in, whether it's, you know, during your downtime, you're reading never split the difference versus yeah. whatever other fun book that you would want to read. Right. Yeah. Or you're taking the extra time to maximize your LinkedIn profile as part of the course and like really dig deep and think about content and plan out content. People don't necessarily see that like, those those little extra bits of time add up over the course of you know six yeah. months a year and help you pick up that momentum too absolutely absolutely the books i'm reading right now are richard scary dr seuss goodnight moon to my eight week old <laughs> so i'm reading those the are fun some good books. ones i know i'm reading the fun books uh so uh, I, I'll, maybe I'll start reading them. Never split the difference. Uh, really get them. Yeah, just get them on the track. Yeah, right out. Yep. Yeah, this is how you negotiate, uh, son. At eight weeks old, be, be so, careful. Yeah, you yeah. might want the upper hand on I, that for actually, a Actually, I might create a monster. Yeah, maybe I'll wait mm -hmm. about eighteen years. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um, <laughs> that's funny. What would um, so? What would you say to recruiters that you know are maybe operating on their own or they have a team and not really? anyone kind of at their level to talk, you know, recruiting, LinkedIn, outreach, content, you know, that's maybe thinking about like investing in their business, right? Tools, coaching, outsourcing, um, you know, what would you say to someone kind of considering making an investment, like something like the digital recruiter program? I would say that it's going to play off dividends in the long run. I mean, I think part of it too, coming from a clinical background, coming, you know, being a PT, they really ingrain in your head that you are in a lifelong learning profession and yeah. you have continuing education requirements that you have to do. And so part of that is just the mind frame that, you know, I got going to school and throughout my working career. But I think, too, that's not necessarily common thought process across the board yeah. for every one and every certain, you know, every industry. And so 
I would say that, you know, the time and effort that you put in and the money that you invest in your business, like, you know, feel it out, make sure if it's the right fit for you, there's some good investments and there's some bad investments, but don't be afraid to invest. Um, it takes money to make money. And I know that that's such a, like kind of a lame saying, but it's true. Um, and it can be hard too, when you feel like, oh gosh, is this going to be the right investment? Is this, you know, is this amount of money going to stretch me too thin? But I think as long as you understand how that can help you and how, you know, how is investing X amount now, how is it going to pay off so much in the long run? It's a no brainer, truly. Yeah. Like I would say, just rip the bandaid off and do it if you're questioning about it. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it's, I love that mindset and I've, I've had the same one for a while of just like, and it's sometimes it's a little golden nugget, right. That you pick up over three months, six months or 12 that could, expand everything. Sometimes it's the network that you build, right? Or a connection mm -hmm. that you made. You know, I met who is now my best friend and he was the best man at my wedding, believe it or not, at a, <laughs> in a mastermind group five years ago, like in a coaching yeah. program. And yeah, not many people know that. And it just, they, and he's made business introductions for me. He's been just a great friend. He's the reason I'm out in Ohio. And that has paid dividends over and over. It pays dividends every single day. Right. If I didn't mm -hmm. go to Ohio, I don't meet my wife. Right. I have all this stuff. So, and, and uh, the digital recruiter doesn't exist. So, and all just came from investing in that program where people that were also investing in themselves, I think was so helpful to kind of be around. And you mentioned those group calls of like people that just want to improve themselves. It's like a lifelong learners and, and that show up, like you show up to mm -hmm. all the calls you've gone through everything, the modules, we've talked one-on-one, -on -one, we implement, like we're always going back and forth. Like you take advantage of your, like the investment, right? You get the most out of it. And I always encourage people to do that when they join our mm -hmm. program, like reach out to us. Like you like take you know, take advantage of what you pay for. Like we are here to help because it's so fun. That's where the fun part is, right? Is, is doing mm -hmm. the work and seeing, as you said, the pieces come together. Um, so I, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, so. of course. And I think too, you hit on a good point of the fact that when you're in the class, you're with other like-minded people, you know, yeah. when you surround yourself by those types of individuals, like it only fosters that growth so much more. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So, all right, we'll wind, we'll wind this down. So for any PTs that are listening to this or any other people at clinics or anything that you need help, right? You got physical therapy. What, what other positions do you place? Yeah, I really focus on PTs and um, home health clinicians. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we do obviously other therapies as well, right? But um, a lot, a lot of the therapies and a lot of home health, and even on the nursing side and home health and hospice. So, gotcha. and so if you're listening and you need help there, well, Rachel's your recruiter. Go to her. And uh, Rachel, where where can we find you? LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best LinkedIn. spot. Awesome. Well, we'll have Rachel's contact info on the the uh, podcast description, so you can reach out to her and connect with her on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, Rachel, thanks for being with us. This, this was great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Well, uh, that's it for this episode of the Digital Recruiter Podcast. We will see you on the next episode. And uh, as always, happy hunting.